dirties, what's 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 doing? Hi. This episode of the SBP is brought to you by, you know, I don't even have to say it, but I gotta say it, otherwise I'm not doing the shit right. This episode is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor.fm is where you want to go if you want to do damn things that you want to do when it comes to podcasting. Anchor.fm. Download it onto your phone. Download it onto your computer. Download it onto your tablet. Whatever it is you want to use, get to downloading because it's the easiest goddamn way to do a podcast. It's so easy. They're very easy creation tools. Make it just so simple to easily edit things on the go. Add music, whatever it is you want to do, man. It's a free service. It's free. They don't want your money. No. And when you're done, you upload it, and because they put it on all podcast platforms. How nice. How nice is that? Um, you can make money from doing the podcast. Uh, a zero min- uh, a minimum, zero minimum audience listenership. You don't need a large audience to make money. They just need to go and donate to your cause. Get started today. Go to anchor.fm. That's what I've been doing. You can either sing their praises or you can say, Oh, shit, it's their fault. (laughs) Uh, I got dates. I got dates. Of music and comedy This Friday This Friday, January 27th I'm supposed to be At uh, The Barrel Proof Lounge Formerly known as Three Disciples A now comedy Slash music venue Um but I don't think they're going to be open yet. They've been in a completely a complete remodel, trying to get things ready. And I don't think Casey Williams is going to have it done by the 27th. He says it's not looking good. So I do not think I will be in the North Bay up there in Santa Rosa on Friday. But I do know that on Sunday, January 29th, at the Branham Lounge in San Jose, I will definitely be there for I am headlining the little bar show there in San Jose. Uh, if you're in the area, come down. Come check me out. I'm going to do 30 minutes, and um, I'm actually looking forward to it, and I've been hitting mics pretty hard here the last uh, last week or so trying to get ready for that. Although none of the new shit I'm trying to work on for these mics is working. So it might be a whole bunch of old shit. <laughs> um, February 2nd, the Boyles Bistro Blowout. The Bistro in downtown Hayward is where you will see my show once a month, every first Thursday. Um, a switch in the headliner. Uh, British John is going to be headlining on the 2nd. Um... Sydney Strigert's had to bail, and uh, and that's all right. So we got British John taking her place. Uh, February third, uh, my band Hazards is playing the Stay Gold Cafe in Oakland, California. 
Hazards will also be playing on February 18th at the Blue Lagoon in Santa Cruz uh, into March, uh, March, uh, which would be March 2nd. I got the date wrong written down. March 2nd uh, is the March uh, version of the Boyles Bistro Blowout, downtown Hayward at the Bistro. Uh, Butch Escobar headlining. We got uh, March 11th. Ooh, I like this show. Uh, big show for Zed. Uh, headlining Mama Kins in downtown San Jose. March 11th. Uh, two other bands to be announced. Uh, one band is has already announced that they are playing it, although they, they weren't supposed to. And that is Corvus Lore. And there's another band that we have yet to announce that will also be joining us on that show. And will make it a fucking haymaker of a show. Uh, basically, you're going to have two headliners playing. Two he- two bands that can headline by themselves. Zed and this other band. Anyway. Um, oh, uh, March 18th. Hazards will be playing at uh, Fulton 55 down there in Fresno. Uh, May 27th. Hazards playing Winter's Tavern in Pacifica. And June 10th. Hazards playing Playback Studios in San Jose. And as always, music heard here on the Sean Boyles Podcast, not owned, trademarked, copywritten, or licensed by me, Sean Boyles, and or the Sean Boyles Podcast, all right? So don't come at me with any stupid shit because it ain't going to do you any good. There's no money to be had. Let's do a podcast! It's the Sean Boyles Podcast. Music, comedy, drums, life, burrito. What's up, dirties? It's me. It's Sean Boyles. Welcome to the podcast, episode 175. Where are we at? January 24th. We're almost a whole month done into the new year. How goes it? Uh, I want to start off the podcast by saying uh, the um, the storms have cleared, but the dark cloud that hangs over my head has not. In fact, it has only gotten worse. Um I looked into getting help for this certain situation that we're having. And uh, help does not look like it's a possibility. Um, And the situation between me and parties involved has done nothing but get kind of worse. And... um, The thing that needs to be worked on, I just don't know if it can be fixed. And it sucks. Um, I don't think I've done anything wrong in this situation. But, um, But it doesn't, it still doesn't help. With the fact of me feeling like I should have done something different or or I should have 
um, made something happen that 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 I that obviously I can't make happen. So, um, so yeah, I've been putting on a happy face and going out and doing things that I'm supposed to be doing and doing shows and going to rehearsals and working and doing everything that I need to be doing. Uh, but yet there's this thing, there's still this thing hanging over and, uh, I still, at this point, I don't know what's going to happen, but I still, it still looks like there is going to be a long road of fuckery and caca before, um, before it, 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 before it's. Before the cloud parts, and again, I I I, I hate to still be uh, be vague about what this particular situation is, but I still uh, I'm still hanging on to um, still trying to keep some anonymity about it, and anonymity an, an, an and see an enemy. No, some anim animinity. An- I'm not. I'm not saying that word right, but you know what the fuck I'm trying to say. So uh, anyway, don't mean to start the podcast off with a bummer, but um, shit's a bummer. <laughs> <coughs> Maybe I should have saved that to the end, but it was on my mind right here at the top. So um, let's get into some other shit. Um, I will recap. My week, although pretty uneventful, uh, recap some things and, and some little uh, little nuggets that I've seen here. Uh, we got uh, we'll do the reaction of the week and uh, an interesting story, an, an interesting sort of thing that became what is the earworm of the week. Um, first off, there's this. Um, I saw a post on the social medias from a comic, uh, Tito Gonzalez, and he had a little little picture up there, and it said uh, uh, third whatever, third Wednesday of the month, or uh, he's promoting a comedy show that I believe he's producing, and uh, and it was in Oakland, and the place said Omni. Now, now, right away. Bing, 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 all kinds of fucking stars and fireworks go off in the mind because Oakland, the Omni, it's a fucking legendary club in Oakland that was integral for the the thrash metal movement in Bay Area music. Uh, especially heavier music, although all kinds of bands played there. Just a very, very important venue in Oakland. And um, I saw that the guy said, you know, I go, I go, this is the, the Omni? I go, that place is legendary. And he starts DMing me. He's like, what do you mean this place is legendary? And I'm like, well, fuck, dude, the Omni was, you know, too short did a video there, and fucking DRI did a video there, and um, 
you know, it was the fucking place to play in the East Bay for, you know, a long time. And that's where all these thrash bands were playing. And, you know, we've seen everybody there, you know, seen Testament there. And I've seen violence there. And I've seen, you know, Death Angel. I've seen everybody play there, you know. Like, that was the spot. There was the Omni and the Stone. Those were the two fucking titans of venues in the Bay Area when I started going to shows. And, you know... If someone's doing a comedy show there, that'd be fucking great. It would be awesome to uh, to do comedy in that place and, and be on that stage where, I mean, that's the first place I played in band when I started playing in bands. My first band, Hate. The Omni was the very first place that we played. It was January 2nd, 1990. Very first time I got on a stage with a band and I played. And I was telling the guy that, and he's like, "Really, this place?" And he kept saying, oh. "Now here's 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 where the disconnect was. This place is called Omni, and it's around the corner from the Omni. This place is just called Omni, and it's right next to this uh, pretty popular bar in uh, in the Temescal area." Of Oakland called the Ave. So it's not the same place. But why the fuck are you going to call a place. Almost the exact same name. As a legendary place. That's literally around the corner. It's, It's a half block away. And around the corner. Like you. If you're at this place Omni. And you're facing the street. And you walk to your left. Maybe 15 feet. And then look down that side street. Which I believe is 42nd. You will see the blue awning. On the building that's a block away. Which is the Omni. The Omni logo is not on there anymore. But it's a blue awning, and it's the fucking Omni. The Omni is now like an artist space. Um, they still have a stage in there, and events do get thrown there, but they're private events utilizing that stage. Uh, but I guess it's been sort of uh, repurposed as a um, sort of, you know, bunch of artists live in there. I don't, you know, I don't know what kind of artists is like, you know, sculptors and painters, or we're talking performing artists and musicians, or what the fuck, I don't know. But it's a whole different vibe than what it used to be. This is a place that had to be repainted after fucking Guar went in there and squirted their fucking red goo everywhere. The walls were white, the ceiling was white. They had to repaint everything. They had to repaint it black. Because it got stained with fucking Guar's red, bloody, whatever the fuck they squirt all over their crowds. The Omni's just fucking, just legendary, and I, I, it, it bothers me greatly that there's a place around the corner called Omni. And I feel bad for my man Tito because here he is trying to promote a little comedy show that he's doing once a month at this place and 
Uh, and I've seen the spot. It's you know, it looks cool, you know. But I just wish it was the Omni. I just wish it was a different named place. I wish they didn't call it Omni. It's just because you're gonna say oh, we're going to the we're going to Omni in Oakland, and anybody over the age of fucking forty is gonna think you're talking about the Omni. Now maybe it's a fucking generational thing, and fucking nobody's gonna give a shit because it's a place that's long gone. And, um, you know, the younger folks just calling it what it's called. You know what I mean? But I got a little, uh, I got excited and I got frustrated and let down at the same time. God damn the law. Um, so, uh, so let's see last week, um, I, I was doing this job in the South Bay, Los Gatos. I was doing this job. I was driving down there. Uh, I started the job on, um, when did I start it? Well, I, I was kind of being sneaky and getting a couple days in between storms. But then starting on Tuesday uh, last week when I recorded the the, the podcast last, I um, I had started heavy on, on this job this exterior because it was going to be a nice break. No storms coming back in. Let me get this fucking thing done. And from Tuesday to Saturday, uh, I busted my ass and got this thing done. Now, I was trying to take advantage of being down there in the South Bay and, um, you know, hitting, uh, well, last Tuesday, I told you on the podcast, I hit some, Hit some open mics that were down there that I'm never down there for Tuesdays to do. And then um, Wednesday was a Zed rehearsal. So we got in with the, got in messing around with some newer Zed material. Um, still an issue with our room um, with water leaking in there from the storms. I mean, we hadn't had a storm since the last time it had rained. It had been early, early, early Sunday morning. But somehow, um, the carpet behind where my drums are was still wet. So there's still some sort of, it's either seeping in through the wall underground and seeping through the floor. Uh, the roof has been fixed, so there's nothing coming from overhead. But somehow it's getting sopped up from the ground. and It's a little annoying and a little frustrating every time I go in there. Because I have to walk behind you know to get back behind my drum kit and i have to walk along the back wall to do it and that's where the water is on the carpet and then my shoes are the bottom of my shoes are wet and i put them on my pedals and my fucking feet are flopping around on the pedals because i got no traction because the bottom of my shoes are wet yeah first world problem wah fucking wah but goddamn dude like fix this shit it's um it's been going on for a month. Our room having water in it. And, you know, then I'm getting word that there's fucking water in other rooms and a fucking potential electrical issue with the water. It's just fucking. Ugh. Get it together down there, my guys. I mean, it's, um, you know, we pay a, a, a pretty penny. To have a, a a room to rehearse in, 
and to have water leaking in there, you know, when you got <coughs> electrical equipment running everywhere, it's kind of, you know, fortunately there's nothing running on that back wall, but, you know, if it was on another wall where there was a bunch of fucking amps plugged into the wall and shit, it might be fucking super sketchy, you know what I mean? Get your fucking shit fried out. Last thing I need is my fucking asshole to get blown out because of a fucking electrocution. <laughs> Does that happen if you get electrocuted? Does your O-ring just get fucking blown the fuck out? If you have a loose fucking a loose back door and you get electrocuted, do you like does it does it prolapse? Does your asshole fall out? What happens? I knew a guy that got um um I knew he I was living in this apartment building in in uh, South Hayward and our neighbor was home all day. And he didn't seem like he was that much older than me, but he was home all day every day. Hardly ever put shoes on. Was just home all day, every day, hanging out, chilling. And finally, one day, I said, "Yo, man, what, what? How are you? Are you? Why, how are you home every day? You don't work? Do you work nights or something?" He's like, "Nah, man, I'm on permanent disability." I said, "No shit, what happened?" He's like, "I hit. Um, he he was a roofer. He was a roofer, and he um, he was working on a roof, and he was getting toward you know." A lot of times on a on a house, a corner of the house has the hot wire electricity coming in off of the pole into the house, right? Um, usually there's sort you know you got you got to be careful, but you could touch it and you're not going to get fried out. But it is a hot wire. If you if it's not you know if it's not covered the right way, some damage can occur. Well, apparently this particular house didn't have a very good uh, covering or, or, or sheeting or whatever it is that they need uh, for that hot wire. And as he was working on the roof and he was getting closer and closer to the corner where the hot wire was coming in, uh, apparently he hit it with his head. And when he did it, he hit it in a spot that was very hot. Hot wire, electricity from the street. 120 volts. In fact, I don't even, I think it was, uh, I think as it comes into the house, it's 240 maybe. And then it gets dumbed down to 120 for, uh, everything except for your dryer, which I think needs 240. Anyway, he hit that shit with his head and it threw him off the roof. And it's, it, send, it sent so much electricity through his body that his jaw clamped shut so hard that he shattered every fucking tooth in his skull. Just shattered every tooth. His jaw clenched so tight and so instantaneously that it just all his teeth just crumbled. And he got thrown off the roof at the same time. Now, am I would think if that shit happened, you're going to get a settlement like no other. 
they just put him on permanent disability. He just fucking and lived in a shitty apartment. <laughs> I just, it's like, hmm. I think you got a fucking raw deal there, Jack. I mean, yeah, permanent disability is nice and all, and you know, getting that check every month, but like, no, uh, no real potential for uh, any upward mobility in an economic sense. But he was cool. He didn't seem too bothered by it, you know, raising his kids and doing his thing. Um. So yeah. Um. Anyway, I got fucking totally sidetracked by. Uh, <laughs> um. So yeah. I so I finished. Uh, I finished that job in Los Gatos, and um, I finished it on Saturday. No, I I I almost finished Saturday. I just still go back on Sunday and uh, get a couple hours in. Um, came out good. Happy with the the, the thing. Uh, although the lady that owned the home went on vacation in the middle of me doing it. Uh, she paid me almost all of the all of the balance uh, before she left. Only holding on to a little bit as uh, so she can do a walkthrough when she gets back, which will be on this coming Sunday, I believe. Um, I didn't watch any of the playoff games at all. I don't know who's in or who's out. Um, although Sunday, because I live in the Bay Area and the Niners in Dallas, uh, a lot of people yip yapping about the. The, the Niners and what they were going to do to the Cowboys and yappa yada yada. Uh, so apparently the Niners won that. Uh, I haven't paid attention to much of anything, so I don't know how any of that went. Uh, and, you know, I am, uh, I am actually a Cowboys fan. However, I just haven't been paying attention. I don't know nothing about them this year or who's doing what or, I heard something about a very terrible last-minute play that was called with a really goofy fucking lineup. So uh, I didn't, I, hadn't, I hadn't seen it though. Um, last night uh, made my rounds trying to hit some open mics, trying to get shit ready for this show that I got on Sunday. Um, kind of ate ass at both open mics trying some newer jokes. None of them seem to be hitting. And then the jokes that I did that I know hit didn't really do too well either. So <laughs> just goes to show, man, like open mics are the crowd at an open mic is like fucking 95 percent other comics. So, you know, other comics ain't laughing at your shit, especially if they're seeing you work on it every week and they know the bits, you know, they're not going to fucking give you any give you any love um oh i skipped sunday so sunday um sunday was interesting sunday evening tommy t's the uh, club here in the east bay pleasanton um as the week as the week went on leading up to sunday i was seeing a lot of posts from my comic friends about being on this show at tommy t's and apparently it was like an invite only sort of, you know, be on the show or you had to send in a fucking clip to something. Um, Keenan Thompson, who's um, 
He's on. He's the he's the guy that's been on SNL for fucking eleven or twelve years or some shit like that. He's got the longest reigning um, cast member. Like he's been on SNL the longest out of anybody that's ever been on there. And uh, from the sounds of it, he's, he ain't leaving. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, he had that. He was on that show Good Burger back in the day, way back in the day on Nickelodeon. Um, Keenan Thompson. So. Um, very well respected comedic uh, uh i mean he's not necess- he doesn't do stand up necessarily but you know he's a comedic actor sketch performer i guess you'd call him uh, and then obviously comedy writer uh but he was he kind of was he was doing a um not necessarily a contest but he did do a um like a talent, a talent search, let's say, and I guess he's been doing this all over the country, in which I I assume in B and C markets, maybe even A markets, who knows? Um, but I guess you had to send in a thing, and then if you got approved, they said, "All right, show up over here at this spot." So they did two shows at Tommy T's on Sunday, and uh, you had three minutes. Just fucking go up there and rip for three minutes. Hosted by this cat named Trix. Apparently Trix won this nationwide search last year. And uh, the first show, uh, all the comics on the first show did okay. Nobody fucking nailed it. Nobody knocked it out of the park. And there was some, you know, heavy hitters. Uh, my man Jay Rich, who I thought might, you know, might fucking do all the damage uh jerry law also thought might do you know, oh jerry was on the second show uh who was on the first one jay um oh miles weber who was my headliner last month um he went up first and he kind of you know just did okay everyone just did okay um but they had fucking 15 comics or some shit like that. It was crazy. And then did a whole nother show. That was a 7.30 show. And then they did a fucking uh, a, a 9 o'clock or a 9.15 show or whatever. 9.30 show. And had another fucking 15, 16, 17 comics. That crowd was a lot looser. And uh, bigger laughs were happening. In fact, there was a run there for a minute. Uh. Ellis, they had heavier hitters on the second show. There was Ellis Rodriguez and uh, Jerry Law and um, um, Sam Bam, uh, a couple other cats that I know are bigger, but I can't. I can't. Their names, I don't know them off the top. Um, but just seemed to be, you know, a, a bigger, bigger thing. Now they ran a little video. And Keenan Thompson comes on the video with these sunglasses on and says, hey, you know, thank you for being here, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're going to find, you know, the hottest comics, you know. And then everyone gets disappointed because I guess they thought he was going to be there. Like, really? You think this guy's going around the fucking country to every fucking comedy club that's holding this sh- this this talent search and he's going to be there to check it all out? You know, he's got fucking SNL to do and fucking, you know, like he ain't going around the country peeping all but apparently every set's being recorded and being videoed and he is actually 
the one watching them all. That's what they told us. So I wasn't on it. I just went to support my friends because I knew a lot of the comics that were on it. And, you know, it's nice to, you know, see who's doing what. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, but the second show was definitely better than the first show. Um, just better. At least the crowd was better. Maybe if that same crowd was on the first show, maybe some of those comics would have got some uh, some bigger bigger laughs. Although <laughs> uh, the, during the second show, um, I stepped outside for a minute, and uh, Ellis Rodriguez was there. He was talking to one of the staff of uh, of Tommy T's, and then Melvin Jr. was out there. So the, and Melvin Jr. did not have that great of a set. And when I walked outside, I said, hey, what's up, Ellis? You know, he's like, hey, man, how you been? You know? And then I looked over at Mel. I said, hey, man, what happened? <laughs> and he just put his head down. He's like, oh, man. And the staff said, oh, my God, dude. You, why, why are you saying that, dude? You must get, you, you, you guys must be really close if you could say that to him. I go, nah, we're not that close. <laughs> I go, we're just comics, you know. And Ellis was laughing his head off. He's like, God damn, dude, you're cold. And Melvin laughed. I just, And I went over to him, gave him a hug. I was like, hey, I'm just fucking with you, dude. You know, sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't, you know. I go, you know how it goes? He's like, I know, man, but fuck, you know. He's like, I'm going back inside. And he acted like he was crying, you know. But um, <laughs> I busted his balls. <laughs> But uh, I felt bad for uh, my girl Pam Benjamin. Pam Benjamin fucking mm, had a, all, like the worst set of the whole of, out of both shows. Didn't get a laugh, none. Completely bombed. It was. But she tried to do she tried to do too smarty pants of a of a set. Like try to just be too you know. She's got a good set you know, and she just came out swinging, and she's full of energy you know. But it just. It just went over everybody's head what she was trying to do. And, uh, and I've seen her do this bit a couple of times. I've seen it work. I've seen it bomb, and I've seen it work really well. Like, she did it at my show, this one bit, and it, it killed. It did great. But that's a, you know, that... For this thing, it seemed like it was a little bit more of an urban crowd. Not strictly an ur- urban crowd, but just more of an urban crowd. And this just was too... Maybe smarty pants for. I'm not saying an urban crowd is dumb, but the guys that were killing were, you know, talking about limp dicks and or you know loose booty holes, and I probably would have fucking smashed because that's my whole fucking act is how worn out my asshole is, um, which you can see on uh, this Sunday, <laughs> January 29th at the Branham Lounge. Um, yeah, I'm hoping to fuck. I was I've been hitting the open mics because I want I had some new ideas. And I thought maybe I could flesh them out, but it just doesn't seem like they're gonna. There's one newer bit that I'm doing that seems to be working, and I think I figured out it was it was doing okay. The initial punchline, but I needed some tags, and I finally got some tags for it. So uh, that one I'll definitely do, but I gotta figure out. Fuck, I gotta fill out a fucking half hour. Gonna figure out how the hell I'm gonna do that. So uh, anyway, very interesting, um, interesting night at the old Tommy T's. 
in uh, what was going on there. Um, should we get into the next thing? Or Oh, you know what happened? I got a text from this dude that's an uh, old friend of mine, this cat Bill. And um, Bill sent me a link to a SoundCloud. Now, I don't, I'm not on SoundCloud. I don't know nothing about SoundCloud. I have the app, but, I mean, I don't know. I just don't utilize SoundCloud at all. I don't go to SoundCloud to look for shit. But he sends me a SoundCloud link, and it's a link to a song called Bubble Up. Which, if you're uh, if you know anything about my musical history, you would know that Bubble Up is an old Lickestow song. Lickestow was a band I did in the late '90s into the early 2000s, doing that whole rap rock slash new metal thing. And I hit him up. I was like, "What? This was you found this on SoundCloud?" He's like, "How did you? I got, how did you find this?" He's like, "I just put Lickestow." In the search, and it came up. I go, is there more? He's like, I don't know. That's the first thing I clicked on. So when I got home, I looked it up. Dude, someone uploaded our full-length record that we did in 2002. It's called East Bay Biography. That whole record is up on SoundCloud. Now... There is, that's the only spot because there's like one or two songs on YouTube that somebody uploaded years ago. And then there's, and then I looked at the date and apparently somebody uploaded this shit like five years ago. So, uh, whoever that was, thank you, I guess. Um, because there is no Lickestow online anywhere. Um, if, you know, like I said, there's a couple songs on YouTube. The band, us as a band, have never uploaded anything to any of the digital sites. There, you know, we've kind of uh, we just never really got around to it because that shit wasn't popping off when we were doing our thing, and it wasn't like you know an afterthought thing. Hey, let's get it all up on fucking Apple Music and all that shit. Just never, never did it. You know, we we didn't do it post mortem. You know what I mean? Like the band was done and that was it. We didn't like strive to like make sure our stuff was out there living in the world and since it's kind of been a little bit of a mystique because it's just not out there now if you hit me up if you email me i will invite you to my dropbox and i will give you the whole lick of discography but that's not out there for everybody to, to common knowledge for everybody but I will do that, and I will pass that stuff on. Uh, but if you want to go to SoundCloud to hear the East Bay Biography LP that we did, like I said, in 2002, uh, I don't know if the songs are on there in the order that they are on the record. But um, when we did that record, we took we recorded five brand new songs. Only four of them made it on there. And then we remixed some older songs and put it on there. So it was kind of like some new songs mixed with some older songs off of some previous like demos and EPs. Um, and that's what made up that, uh, I think eight, nine song, nine song record kind of cheated. We kind of cheated on the full length a little bit 
because we put shit on there that we had already put out. But uh, kind of, you know, polished them up a little bit and redid the thing. James had some ideas for, you know, mixes or whatever. So uh, anyway, so it was just, anyway, just super interesting to see our shit up on a streaming platform that we had nothing to do with. Uh, all right, let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, dirties of all shapes, sizes, and colors. Every week, I like to try to react to a song on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, be it that I'm a fan of the metal, uh, odds are I'm going to probably hate whatever's on the pop charts. So uh, this has been an ongoing feature. This, uh, again, st- dude, Taylor Swift has been on the top of the charts. It's been, it keeps saying number one. For now, eight weeks. It seems like longer. I mean, she only dipped out because of Christmas. And Mariah will own that spot for about three weeks around Christmas. Three or four weeks on her, on her own. But uh, fucking Taylor's Tay-Tay holding it down with her song Antihero. The number one spot. Uh, so I had to go down a little bit to find. I found this song uh, by... Uh, it's. Rising up the charts, uh, uh, Chris Brown, who, isn't that the dude to beat Rihanna's ass? I know that's terrible to say, but, uh, did he ever get, like, brought up on charges for that? Did, like, did, I mean, she said he beat her ass, but did, like, was there anything legal happen? You know, did he, like... Did he get but did he get arrested? Did he get like? Did he have to pay a fine? Was you know what happened? Was there any sort of, you know, was there restraining orders or, or is it just her saying, "Oh, hey, he fucking put his hands on me." They're in a car or whatever and got in an argument. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Chris Brown. The song's called "Under the Influence." Let's see what's going on here. Now why is he doing that to his voice? He can actually sing, right? sing right like he's like known for being a good singer why affect your voice with the trendy fucking vocoder bullshit or do the mumble mouth mumble mouthness it's it's odd to me like the, 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 the vocals 
the enunciation there, like, it just sounds like your tongue's too fat for your mouth. The 808 snare, though. I'm not going to say it's awful. I'm not going to say it's good either. No, <laughs> like, I just... If you are an artist of a certain age and you've been at, you've been at it for a while, you've been in the game a while, and a, 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 a trend comes in that everybody jump like everybody everybody knew is on this trend, but if you're an older artist, especially an R and B artist, why would you ditch what you've done before and jump on the trend? Like, would he have gotten flack for not doing the trend? Like, if he just did the vocals without the fucking vocoder effect on there at all? And sang in the style that he usually sings in and not do this fucking fat tongue thing. I don't even know what to call that style. Like, it's derivative of the mumble rap guys, right? We're not really, not not really, I see, like, what is it? I said, not really articulating what they are saying. What they are saying. Not really, I see, like, what is it? Talking like he got a fat tongue in the mouth. I don't know. It's just you know, and it's supposed to be the effect of the the scissorup, right? It's it's like it's supposed to represent like the the uh, the days that you're in from the fucking codeine, right? Or or am I completely off on that? I think I I think that because they do that in in uh, um. In Mexican music, in the uh, some of the um, uh, the banda shit or not the banda, what is it? It's the 
the um fuck what is that is that just called nor uh uh the norte shit I forget what that music's called that the particular kind of Mexican music where the guy singing is singing as if he's drunk he's full on borracho the way he's singing and it's da, 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 da. Like it's it's an it's an affected voice to emulate that he's fucking hammered, but usually it's he's he's drunk and he's professing his love for somebody, but he's just you know as you do when you get drunk you know I fucking love you I love you girl mi corazón anyway it just seems like the the mumble thing is sort of that. Again, I, I could be completely wrong. Maybe that's not what that is. Because, you know, we've established many, many times here on the Sean Boyles podcast that I am not smart. Uh, one more thing before we get into the earworm. I um, I saw a news report, and it's just kind of small, like sort of local. So we've had a bunch of road closures all around here, especially in Castor Valley himself, uh, specifically. And um, uh, there's two spots on Redwood Road, which is a good stretch of road that runs through Castor Valley into Oakland on the backside of um, Lake Chabot. There's a washed out road scenario. And then as you get into Castro Valley from Hayward on as a street becomes Redwood Road, there is a washed out part of the road there, too. There's a little creek that's there. And I got fucking the you know, you can get out of Castro Valley on Redwood Road and onto a street, but you can't come in. I don't know why they're fucking letting that happen. It seems sketchy as fuck. I drove by there. I was like, ugh, that road is gone right there. And I, there's good road here, only a couple feet after. Hope they poked and prodded that shit. But I read this report that back, um, I believe it's down Coal Canyon. There is, uh, and I've always heard about it. I just never knew where it was. There is a nudist colony back here on one of these little canyon roads. And apparently, they have a little creek that runs through there. Well, apparently their little creek flooded enough that it washed out their little road to get to their compound. <laughs> they said 11 families. Um, No, they said seven families comprising of 11 people. Which, that doesn't even fucking make sense. Um, but uh, apparently 11 people sort of stuck out there off of the Canyon Road in their nudist colony. Uh, apparently they've, had, they've figured it out and how, you know, were able to get these people out of there. But they were stuck there for like four days. <laughs> they were stuck. They couldn't get across the little creek. I just thought that was interesting because you're already 
back there doing your own thing with no clothes on. And what do you do? You like, I guess you have to put on clothes to go back out into the world, right? Do they like, how does that work? Like, I know when I get off of work, you know, I come home, take my work boots off, take my work clothes off, and get into, you know, either my street clothes as I'm going to go back out or put on the clothes I'm going to be wearing around the house for the rest of the evening or whatever, right? What do they do? They come home and just take it all off and that's it? Because they're nudist and this is what they want to do? They want to... It's been cold. It's been cold here in the Bay Area. I can't imagine. Like, is the need to be naked... Does it supersede the need for warmth? Like, they want to be naked so bad that they're willing to just sit there and fucking freeze their tits and nuts off? This seems wacky to me. But then again, like, I haven't... I'm getting to the point where I don't even want to be naked in the shower. This is fucking... My meat vessel is... Is a bad shape. Just in bad shape. It keeps getting worse. Anyway, uh, let's... Oh, yeah, let's do this. Earworm of the week. Folks, dirty, dirty, dirties. Thank you for, uh... Thank you for checking me out another week, huh? You guys are all right. The faith. I think we're back to the faithful fifteen. I've noticed. I had a good clip of clipping in at about almost thirty, and sometimes over uh, listens a week. Uh, but the last uh, the last couple of months or the last month, we've dipped back down to just just under twenty. So I'm still I'm rounding down. So the faithful fifteen, keeping it keeping it real in the field, all right? Keeping it strong for your dude, and I appreciate it very, very much. Rate, review, subscribe, uh, wherever you listen to the podcast, wherever you, uh, whatever podcast platform you check me out on, uh, go to those pages and uh, you know do the rating or, or write a review. Uh, make sure you're subscribing so you know when new episodes come out. Um, yeah, or if you're feeling froggy, go to anchor.fm and hit the donate button and you can uh, donate directly to the podcast. How about that? Uh, this week's Earworm of the Week um, came to me in an interesting way. I uh, I follow this page on Facebook called uh, Wave Runners Unite, and Wave Runners Unite is a group page uh, derivative of Ripple Music. Ripple Music is the label that uh, Zed is on. One of the band Zed, the band I play drums for. One of the bands I play drums for. Um. Uh, the president of uh, CEO and and uh, head capitan for Ripple Music is uh, is is our man Todd, and uh, Todd always has been into music and wanted to contribute to music, but he does not play 
an instrument. So he decided to put a label together, and uh, his label is doing very, very well. Uh, the two top-running sort of stoner rock, stoner metal, and um, psychedelic-vibed uh, labels, uh, Ripple Music and um, Heavy Psych Sounds is uh, the other the other label uh and uh and they're not they run they they're not enemies they don't hate each other they kind of work together and promote each other's bands it's a really cool sort of thing that these that these labels do but uh, anyway uh Ray, wave runners unite um or is it wave riders unite sounds like it'd be a fucking surfer fucking thing but this is uh, Todd's little page that he runs through. He's got two. He kind of does the same. He's got the Ripple Music page, and then he's got the Wave Runners page, and they kind of run the same shit. But every day he's got a question, and it's very interesting because it's like you know your favorite this band or your favorite band that had a member that died or favorite band that had a new singer or the singer got replaced or um, uh, this week was your favorite. You know, what band that had a member change that drastically changed the sound of the band? And I thought that was very interesting because it's very, there's been a lot of bands that have had a new member come in and the whole vibe of the band changed. You know what I mean? Um, When Dio starts singing for Sabbath, that's a different Black Sabbath than the Aussie Black Sabbath. Definitely was way heavier. Songs were slower. Um, lyrics were way the fuck better. <laughs> you know, um, the stronger, of course, vocal. You know, they wrote different for Dio than they did for Ozzy. Um, some say that Van Halen, when Sammy Hagar started singing for him, a little bit of a change in the band. Uh, more mature songs. Not so much party rock anthem band anymore. Um, so what, what if I? I'm not, this is all off the top of my head from seeing what people posted on there. But I said that I felt. Uh, so oh, someone said Rush when uh, uh, when Neil Peart comes in. Neil Peart comes in on the second record, and it's pretty dress, pretty big change for 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 Rush. They went from a. Uh, sort of heavy rock blues influenced cream meets Led Zeppelin kind of vibe to a more progressive, um, you know, I don't know, Hobbit rock. You know what I mean? Like it's just, you know, so the early shit was a little bit more Hobbity and then it started to get, you know, start bringing in keyboards and stuff, started getting a little bit more spacey, 2112 and you know, the whole thing. Uh, so so much they attribute that for you know Neil coming in takes over writing lyrics and with the you know the way he plays drums definitely was able to let those guys get into some different kinds of music anyway um what seemed blaringly obvious to me a band that right as soon as I read the question the first band that came to mind that had a member come in and drastically change the sound of the band, in my opinion, was Corrosion of Conformity. 
when Pepper Keenan comes into Corrosion and Conformity, completely changed the band. This was a what they call a crossover band. So a a band rooted in hardcore punk, but yet flirted with metal. And then, but yet, you know, they're, and they're, but they're from the South. You know what I mean? They're from New Orleans. So there's this, you know, you can't hear the Southern vibe when they're doing the hardcore punk, when they're doing the more crossover stuff. But in, when did this record come out? 91? They put out a record called Blind. And this is the first record that Pepper Keenan is on, playing guitar. They also brought in a new singer. Now, before, they were a three-piece. And the bass player, I think his name's Woody, he was singing. And it's crusty, like I said, hardcore punk, fused with metal. They, They got labeled a crossover band like DRI, like Suicidal Tendencies. These bands that are, you know, XL... These bands that are punk, hardcore punk influenced bands, but they have a metallic of a, a metallic of enough sound that it's a little bit different than straight hardcore. Because at this time, you know, this is this is late eighties, right? Um, you know, your hardcore is Agnostic Front and Cro-Mags and and and. Uh, and sick of it all is just barely starting. So, you know, you have, you know, that's, you know, it's fucking, it's, that's hardcore punk at the time. Yeah, that's hardcore. Anyway, I don't mean to give a fucking music history lesson, but in the context of COC, Grows in a Conformity, it's sort of, uh, sort of needed. Because when this, when they do this record, and I forget the name of that singer that came in, and he only did this one record. In fact, uh, I don't know, about 10 years ago, they did a they did a tour with this singer, and they only played this record. This record's called, uh, this is the Blind Record. came out in 1991. And um, seeing that, when I posted that, I said, you know, in my opinion, the band that had the biggest change when having a new member come in was when Pepper Keenan came into Corrosion of Conformity. And I think I got more likes on my post, on my um, on my comment on the post than anybody else because I think a lot of people agree, especially be it that the majority of the people that are fans of this Wave Runner uh, or Wave Rider site are stoner rock and stoner metal fans and that's what happened with COC. Pepper comes in and they kind of started doing what would be, you know, they turned into a stoner rock band. With all that said, what got stuck in my head this week for the earworm of the week is this song off of the Corrosion Conformity record, Blind, a song called Dance of the Dead. I do, I think there was a video for this song, but... um. And this record's great. I fucking loved this record, and I wasn't into COC at all prior to this record. I remember getting this record, and the the tone of this record I always thought was really interesting too. The drums were really up front, but they were real. The drums were really bricky sounding. If that's if 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 I can if that's even a term to describe sound, just like just thick, blocky just thick brick sounding drums 
uh, hot in the mix too. And um, I'm trying to think of homeboy's name, Reed Mullins or something like that, the drummer for COC. Um, just fucking great drummer. So anyway, this week's earworm of the week is a song called "Dance of the Dead" by Crows and Conformity off the Blind Record, 1991. <sighs> Thank you for putting up with another episode of the Sean Boyles podcast. Be good, keep it dirty, and I'll see you fuck flaps next week. <laughs>
fuck Stanton Avenue and fuck Ace Freely. Brought to you by Blowout Productions.